Welcome back, people. We are live. Another edition of the Sideline Talk podcast. Um, in the absence of Den, I'm going to try and fill his big shoes and host tonight's episode. As always, joined by Kingman Kingham and Lee. How are we doing, fellas? You all right? What's happening? All good, all good. So what I'm going to do is, I know normally we start with the big breaking news of the of the weekend, but I think we'll save that till last today. And we'll touch on a few of the other results that happened in the Premier League. I know we get tend to get a bit Arsenal-Liverpool heavy on these. So we'll start off with um, the first game of the weekend, Friday night. Uh, Brentford versus Brighton. Um, massive result for, for Brentford, who continue to, I suppose, surprise people. I think a lot of people probably had Brent, um, Brighton down as, as a pretty comfortable win on this one. But... Um, Ivan Tony comes to the four again. Um, Lee, did you catch any of the game? What did you think of the result? Uh, I didn't really catch any of it other than <clears throat> obviously saw, read the report on it. Um, yeah, I suppose Brentford at home can always cause a few shocks. Um, and Tony, Tony doing Tony things, calmly slotting a penalty away. Um, yeah, I don't think it's the biggest surprise. Um, you never, you don't. I just don't think you really know what you're going to get with Brentford. Um, and Brighton tend to start seasons well and then occasionally go on the slide. So maybe this is where that's going to start for them. Um, don't know what the new manager is going to do with Brighton. Um, just yeah, Tony carrying on his scoring form. Sam, do you, do you think that Tony is going to make the World Cup squad given the form that he's showing? If he, how many games we've got left now till we break up five or six, maybe yeah. a couple more than that. Yeah, so, what do, you, what do you reckon he needs to do in order to guarantee a, a spot? What, how many goals do you think it's going to take him, or, or is it just goals, or is it more than that? I saw a um, Twitter poll earlier actually, and they were they, this was um, he was an option on there, and he came second or something like that. I think it's it was very Arsenal heavy, so they went with Nketiah over him. But I'd, I'd love to see Tony in that in that England setup. You know, I think he's. I, I actually think he's probably one of the best uh, penalty takers in the league. I think he's really calm, calm in that penalty spot. Um, he's versatile. You know, yeah, okay, fair enough. He didn't when he got called up for England. He didn't get on, did he? I can't remember. No. Yeah, so that was obviously disappointing. But he's, they're obviously thinking of the idea of potentially having him there and around. You know, um, I mean, a lot of people were shouting for Tammy Abraham at the moment as well, aren't they? It's like a it's kind of like a second to um, Kane, but. No, I, 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 I would love to see him there. I think he's a fantastic player. I think Brentford are uh, a good side. I think they've got a bit about them. Like, I echo Lee's thoughts. I don't know much about the new Brighton boss, but hey, you know, let's see what happens with it. Yeah, it's a, weird, it's a bit of a weird one with Brighton because obviously before Potter left for Chelsea, they were pulling up trees and now it seems like it maybe have derailed the, the train a little bit that they were on. And, and like, like Lee says, they do tend to start pretty well and then they do tend to to slide sort of come Christmas time. So, but look, I, I mean, personally, I, I think at the minute is if, if Kane was to get injured, who would be the name that everyone would ask or scream for to be to be starting? And I think Ivan Tony's doing all he can to get in there. So I, I agree with you too. I think he would be my pick to be the, the understudy to, uh, to Harry Kane. But um, moving swiftly on to the 12.30 kickoff on Saturday, um, Leicester. I mean, where do we even start with Leicester Lee? What? How long has, has Brendan Rodgers got before they give him the boot? Um, I think him and Stevie G are in a race at the moment. Who's going to get sacked first? Um, I'm surprised he's he's not had like a a last warning, like the old days, really. Um, I mean, I don't I don't know who they can really bring in, but. Um, it's it's not going well for him, is it? Um, no, it's all about survival already for a minute. Yeah, yeah. Um, do you, do you, do you, do you think a lot? Do you think a lot of? Do you think a lot of teams are waiting for this World Cup break before they make any rash decisions to see? I think potentially during the World Cup break, it's it's going to give them a chance to maybe reset, maybe try and get them to the January transfer window, or do you think he'll even get that far? Maybe, uh, but it's like five games before that, so that's that's fifteen points up for grabs. It's quite a lot, really, especially when you're down the bottom. Um, and you don't see them getting any of them points at this moment in time. They're playing. No, 
especially with him. I think Madison's suspended for the next game as well. He's obviously been their brightest player. Um, yeah, it's hard to see where their points are going to come from. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And what about Palace? Patrick Vieira, we don't really tend to talk too much about Palace. They kind of go under the radar. I think Vieira's is proven to be a quite a decent manager, I think, at this level. I think of all the ex-players that, that have sort of tried their hand at it, I think he's probably becoming one of the better the better ones out of out of that group of, of sort of ex-Premier League players. Is he I don't want to say is he ready for a bigger job because I still think it's a bit too early, but can you see if he continues on this sort of path, him taking a, a maybe a top six job at some point, Sam? Yeah, definitely. I think there's there's definitely something there. You know, he's, he sets his team up well. I like Palace. I think Palace have got a bit about them. You know, they're they're hard to beat, you know, especially um, at their home ground. We've obviously been done by them a couple of times over the last couple of years. Um, but I just don't know. I mean, rewind it to, like, what, 16 months ago or something like that. Arsenal fans were calling for Vieira in over Arteta. So, you know, there's obviously an interest there from an Arsenal perspective. But, again, you know... Palace, that mid-table team, you know, they've got Zaha that keeps them going, and, you know, Eze and a couple of others. But again, I just don't know. I'd like to see him at a, a high, a, a next step, you know, maybe not, you know, top six, maybe is too much of him. I don't see any of them, of those those clubs coming in for a Patrick Vieira at this moment in time, to be honest. Yeah, that's, that's fair enough. And I think it'd be interesting to see potentially what he would do with a bit of a, a bigger budget. I like some of the players that he's, that he's signed. I think that um, Eze is a, a good young player. I think that Elise, who he's brought in as well, uh, Mark Gahey at the back, he's brought Anderson in as well. So he's clearly got a type of player that he likes. And I think that when you have that a manager that knows exactly what he wants and he knows exactly what players he wants to play that system, I think he's, he's starting to become quite a shrewd manager. And I think, like you say, maybe in a... 18 months to two years' time, we might be talking about Patrick Vieira taking a job where he's, he's given a bit more funding and a bit more backing. Um, but moving swiftly on to another team who keeps surprising keeps surprising us all is Bournemouth. What has happened to that club since they've got rid of Parker? All they do is pick up points. I mean, they were my shoe-ins to be relegated this season. I thought their, their transfer window was shocking. I thought then they sacked Parker. But Lee, talk to me about Bournemouth. Where, how are they doing this? What are they? What are they doing? Do you know what this? This is just going to be one of those textbook cases where the caretaker manager comes in, does absolutely superb, gets given a full time job, and then he goes to back to being shit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. We've seen it so many times before, and I just think it's going to be one of those cases again. Um, I think it's just changing gaffer. The players have upped their game a bit. Maybe they're getting a bit of luck. I don't know. Um, I don't watch enough of their games to notice that. Uh, I mean, you, I suppose you have got to credit the manager because he's clearly doing well. Um, how long they can keep it up for, I don't know. Obviously, they didn't win at the weekend. They only drew, didn't they? Um, you know, games against Fulham are games they need to be winning if they want to stay in the league. Same goes for Fulham. If they want to stay up, they need to be beating teams like Bournemouth. So, I don't think the draw really helps either team. Um, but yeah, Bournemouth, obviously, one of the form teams in the league at the moment. So, fair play to them. But I don't think it will last much longer. Sam, what do you what do you make of Fulham start? Because obviously the start of the season they picked up some really good results. Mitrovic was has been out for a couple of games. He made his return against Bournemouth. Do you think they're going to be too heavily reliant on on Mitrovic staying fit and scoring the goals? But also, I think they need to make sure their home form is better. Like like Lee said, I think Fulham would have looked at that game as a game that they should be picking up three points in. So where where do you stand with Fulham? What, what do you make of them so far? I just, uh, whenever I think of Fulham, I always get that, you know, that yo-yo effect of them for the last couple of seasons where they come up and down every single season. I mean, and I, they, again, yet yeah, they're still to to prove that wrong. I mean, obviously they're heavily reliant on Mitrovic. He's a fantastic player. Should be out of that club, let's be real. I'm surprised no one's ever come in for him and snapped him up. But I, I just, I don't see them being strong enough in the other areas to, to do well enough to keep that going. Again, yeah, they should have scored. Um, sorry, they should have won that game, but I just don't know, man. I mean, it's an iffy one, isn't it, with them? They can always, you just don't know what you're ever going to get with them. Do you remember the back in the day, um, about what was it three, four seasons ago when they bought Sherla and all that lot? And they were, they were, they, 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 they mm. again started off really well, and everyone's like, flipping hell, man, you know, they've got a bit about them. But I, I personally wouldn't fear playing them at the moment. I don't think you boys would either. I think that it's just something that we just, again, 
see how they get going against the teams that are in and around them. But I, they are personally one of my shoe ins to go down. Is, is that the key this year, Lee, for, for the team sort of from that sort of 15th to 20th position now? Is it's going to be who has the best record against the other? Do you think that's the way that that bottom sort of relegation is going to be decided this year? Or do you still see a, a clear two or three that are going to be right but rock bottom and down there? Um, oh, it's very hard. I think it's very hard to call. And I usually, when it's around after about 10 games, you sort of get an idea of where the season's going to go for most teams. But I still feel like it's very, very open at the moment. Um, I still feel like most of the bottom half could be pulled, sucked into a relegation fight. Um, which is, yeah, I still feel like it's very unpredictable. No, I, I agree, mate. And I think that I, I think it's going to be the team that has the most consistency and the ones that can go on little mini runs. I don't think any of them are going to go on runs that you might say they're going to go four or five unbeaten, but if they can go five where they only lose two, they pick up a draw or two draws and a win, I think it's going to be that team, whoever that team may be, that's going to going to pick up enough points. But like, I, I agree with you. I think it's going to be very open down there. And I think we could end up having an actually a more exciting end to the season in the relegation zone than in terms of the actual the top of the league. But moving on to another team that have been struggling for form and goals, Wolverhampton Wanderers. Um, played Forest, Wolves won one nil. Where do we go? Where, where do we go with with Wolves? Are they going to score enough goals to get themselves out of trouble, Sam? It doesn't look like it, does it? <laughs> Let's be honest. Um, again, you know, um, Imanez hasn't been the same as he since um, that that horrific injury a couple couple of seasons ago. I mean, I still think there's a there's a player there. I, I love him. I absolutely love him. I would have loved to have him at Arsenal before the injury, but. I just, yeah, I don't know. I mean, they're so um, reliant on that Portuguese contingency of like just getting them players in and around them, haven't they? And it feels like that they won't, they don't ever want to break that mold, you know. But I mean, I I feel like they're too. It's weird to say this, you know, too big of a club, and we're too reliant on them being in the Premier League over the last couple of years to ever worry about them going down. But I just, yeah, I, I, they're in there. It's a shout this season. It's definitely a shout. They're not. They're not doing enough. Lee, what do you make of the reports that Nuno's set to be named their new manager and bringing him back? Is do you think that's a good move for Wolves at this stage, given his you know tenure at Spurs, or do you think they should be looking at someone a bit different? And given the players that they've got at their disposal, like Sam just touched on, you know your Netos, your Jimenez, Diego Costa, Neves, Podence, why is this team not clicking? Why are they not a more threatening? you know, in a more threatening position to the top teams. Because when you actually watch them play, I remember watching this, I think it was the Spurs game where I think for the majority of the game, they outplayed Spurs, but they got to the final third and you just can't put your finger on why them players can't click. But Nuno, good idea or not? Nah, <clears throat> like he's, he's had his time at the club, do you know what I mean? Um, he brought in, like, well, whether it's him or the agents or whatever, he's had his players, he's had his ideas. Um, obviously left for Tottenham, it didn't work out. But that doesn't even feel like that long ago since he's actually left. Um, I don't really see the point of him going back for either him or the club. Um, I think they're better off just getting someone completely new in with new ideas, um, maybe change the way the team play a bit. I do think they've got too much quality to go down still. Um, maybe Diego Costa will get up to fitness and get some shithousery goals for him. Um, but, yeah, I, I still think they've got too much quality to go down. Like, I, I think they'll comfortably... They've just beat Forest. I think teams like that, like your Bournemouths and your Fulhams, like we've just mentioned, Leicester, I think they can... Do you not want to touch on Forest in the sense of, like, do you not think that they have been disappointing as well slightly? I was just going to move on to Forest and, and, and get your two's take on... Obviously, the manager's come in. He's done a great job in the championship to get them up from where they were. He spent a hell of a lot of money. They've won hardly any games this season. And then just when you're thinking he was about to get the old tic-tac, they reward him with a new contract. Mm. What does that What does that say to the Forest fans or what does that say to the Forest squad? What, what, should we, what message do you think that owner's trying to send with, with giving him a new contract? I think it's rewarding him for the job he's already done, to be fair. I don't think last year anyone really expected Nottingham Forest to even get promoted. Um, so they're very fortunate to even get into the league. Um, and obviously they've had to spend a lot of money because most of the squad they had last season, um, they've lost about 11, 12 players because they had so many loans into the club. Yeah. Um, so they had to spend the money. 
Um, but then they've got all those players they need to try and gel as a team quickly. So it's it's not easy to coming into a league where you're already punching above your weight. Um, so, yeah, I think it's more just... Re- I think they realise they've got a good manager and because of what he's achieved last year and they're just trying to reward him with some loyalty. Um, it's clearly... If they... they Obviously, they've always been... I think they would have been everyone's favourites to get relegated at the start of the season. And they know they've got a manager ready to probably possibly get them back up if they go down. Mm. That was what I was going to say. Do you think it's almost just tying him down so that and saying to him, look, we're going to give you this season. You do what, do whatever you can do. And then if we do go down, we've got the man that we can that can get straight back up, Sam. Do you think that's possibly what that contract situation was about or do you see it a different way? No, I, I think you hit the nail on the head, mate. I do. I think that's how they're looking at it. But do you think? Do you not think that's just a naive approach of the way of looking at this league then? So they're just going to go, all right, okay, yeah, We'll, we'll spend all this money, you know, we'll get we'll get the likes of Lingard in, you know, who's let's be real, who's touted? He should have gone to West Ham. And they're um they're gonna just be like, Oh yeah, it's fine, you know, we'll worry about it next year. I don't think you can afford to be that naive in this league anymore. No, I agree. I, I agree. I think I, I think there's like you say, there's two ways to look at it. I think they've they're looking at our way that they obviously feel he's a good enough manager for, for what their what their plan is and what their future is dependent on where that is so if it's in the championship I think they're thinking well we've got a man who's proven he can get us up um but also I, I do think that maybe they're looking around at who else is available and going well actually we don't actually think there's too much out there that could do possibly a better job with with the squad and the amount of signings that he's brought in so I thought it was a bit of a strange one but I guess it's it's a it's a show of faith to the manager it's a uh, gets rid of all the speculation around the club so that he can just concentrate on on, on trying to get them some sort of um, performances and, and, and results, but it's not looking good for uh, for Forest. So then we move on to Spurs. That was the late kickoff on Saturday night. Everton um, Lampard looked like he had started to get a tune out of Everton, um, yeah. but obviously went over to down. went up to <laughs> went over to White Hart Lane and uh, got beat two 0 To be honest with you, I didn't see any of that game, so I'm relying on you two to tell me what how it went. Um, I'll come to you, Lee. What, what, do you, what do you make of Spurs? Do you do you see them as being genuine title contenders, or are we looking? Are we talking just top four with, with Spurs this season? I don't think I'll ever see Spurs as genuine title contenders. To be honest with you, um, top four, top three, I would say maybe. I think they'll be looking at around where they are now, basically third. I don't think any higher. I don't think they play entertaining football at all. It's very boring to watch. Very pragmatic. I think they'll. Sh- I think they might come a bit unstuck when it comes to playing the real the big top six teams. Um, and there's all, I think there's always a, a chance in them for sort of slipping up, slipping up against the lesser teams as well, because their football can be quite bland. Um, but I do think when it comes to teams like Everton, they do at the end of the day have too much quality there, especially with like Harry Kane and Son. Um, Conte is a good manager, given that, but in terms of challenging for the title, forget him. No. Sam, what do you what do you make of? I know I'm not going to ask you to touch on Spurs because we know we know where your allegiance lies with, with them. So I'm going to ask you to touch on Everton. Where do you see Everton this year? Do you see any improvement from? Obviously, I know at the start of the season we were all suggesting that they would probably be in the battle for for the relegation um, mm. places. Do you see them having enough to to steer well clear of that? Where where do you expect Everton to sort of finish based on what you've seen of them so far? Judging by what I've seen of them, and I'll be honest with you, it isn't a lot. It isn't a lot. But, you know, I feel that, you know, Lampard's now installing his ideas. So I personally would give Everton, you know, a top half of the of the the bottom end of the table, you know, touching on the bottom end of the top half as well, if you know what I mean. I, I, I don't I don't see them having having any problems with the teams around them. That's the thing. But again, you know, I don't want to touch on Spurs actually. I'm not gonna. So no, we'll lose on that. <laughs> but yes, uh, um, again, I, 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 Lampard's under has been under pressure, isn't he, since the end of last season? So he's got he, he he's got to start getting these results away from away from home and at home as well. But I don't think Everton have enough quality. You know, with the likes of getting things wrong with Delhi, etc., and stuff like that, they're always under scrutiny. Whoever they're going to bring in, because mm-hmm. you know, they're just like they're almost plucking at strings here. They haven't got anyone to go. All right, we'll have him. We'll have him. Because they haven't got that draw anymore. Everton are a big club, man. They've got a lot of history, you know. 
Um, but I just, yeah, I don't, I don't think they have to worry about going down as such. They're, they're too big of a club. Yes, they're fucking boring to watch. Yes, they haven't got anything going for them at this moment in time. But again, you know, I, I, I see them. I see them comfortably. If I was to put, pluck out a number, 13th, 14th. They need a striker. They desperately need a striker. Oh, yeah. they? You know, you can't get any solid, solid defence. And somehow Lampard's turned Iwobi into fucking prime Patrick Vieira. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> like, their defensive midfield's pretty solid. But it's, they're just, like, again, it's a bit Wolves-ish. They're sort of lacking going forward, I think. I, I mean, I know you say that with them needing a striker. I do find it kind of a strange move that they went inside Neil Mopé. You know, mm-hmm. never, been, never been prolific. You know, you need a goal scorer. I, I think, I think, I think Everton. You know, given that they're not a club that has no money, they've got. I know they were under a lot of financial restraint this summer, but you'd like to think that there was someone out there better than Neil Mopay to, yeah, to play yeah. to lead the line for them. Unless they're thinking, look, you know, Calvin, um, what's his name, Calvin Lewin was was due back. Yeah. I think a little bit earlier than maybe they've anticipated. Um, so maybe they were banking on Mopay being more of an impact player rather they than a starter. The Lingard, shouldn't they? Look, judging by him going to Forest, that they could have got him. I, I think I think the Lingard thing is it's an it's an ego thing with Lampard. I think he likes to have players in there that are not going to cause any trouble, not going to be an issue in terms of the squad morale and things like that. So I think he likes a t- certain type of personality as well as player. And I think maybe he's just struggling to find that right fit at the minute, but. Um, yeah, I agree with you guys. I think I don't think the Everton fans will, will be happy with finishing sort of 13th, 14th, but I don't really see how they finish much higher than that. I think if they were to finish 10th this season, I think their fans would snap your hand off for that at the minute. Yeah, based on how they finished last year, yeah. I feel like they, they have been through it lately, haven't they? Like, yeah. They are a club now, and it's just like, wow. Talk, to, talking of a club who are going through it, and I think that, if we were talking next manager sacked, I think Stephen Gerrard's walking on 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 thin thin ice. Another defeat, another defeat, another underwhelming performance by them. Um, Lee, I'll come to you because I know that Gerrard holds a, a a soft spot in your heart like mine. What's what's going wrong with 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 Aston Villa and, and Gerrard? Why? Because on paper their squad looks more than more than capable of, of finishing in the top half, but he just can't seem to get a tune out of any of them. Where, where do you think? The problems lie. Um, I actually think with this one, a lot of it is down to the players. Like I did, I did watch a fair bit of their game against Chelsea in the first half an hour. Villa should have had a couple of goals. Um, so Kepa, I, Kepa made some outstanding saves. Yeah, it did, but at the same time, Villa should have been scoring them. Um, Danny, why, used why to... is Kepa back in the fold? Is Mendy hurt or? No, I think Mendy's just been shit. <laughs> yeah, I think it's I, I think it's a bit of both. I think Mendy had made a few mistakes, and then I think he picked up a slight knock, yeah, and Kepper Kepper didn't really do anything wrong, so he's just kept with him. But, but you're uh, touching back, back on Villa, Lee. What, what, explain to me what, what what do you think other than just the players' performances? Is there anything that Gerard can change? Is there anything he should be doing more, or do you just generally just think that the players are not performing? Yeah, I just I just think people like Ollie Watkins, like his finishing has been terrible. Um, Danny Ings wasn't, he was shooting when he should be passing it and stuff like that the other day. Um, Cortinho's, you know, you, you throw him into the pitch to try and get goals and assists and he's not providing them. Um, maybe there is things, Gerard, oh, Tyro Mings as well. He don't know. Yeah, I, mean, I, I, I said this the other day. England squad at all, boys. I'm sorry. Anyway, uh-huh. near squad. I said the other day, I got into a bit of a row with an Aston Villa fan because I was defending Gerard and, I, and I, one of the things I pointed to was, it's not Gerard's fault that Tyro Mings makes a howler five minutes into the game. Like, you know, as a manager, what, what more can you do? You set a team up and your centre half goes and puts one on a plate for, for a Chelsea side who are absolutely flying. It's always going to be backs to the wall. But um, you don't think Gerard did, didn't help himself before the game when he's come out and said, like, oh, Chelsea should be coming to Villa Park and blowing us away and challenging for the title? You know, comments like that, not backing your team, he's not helping. Um, do you not think, though, as well, touch on something quickly, do you not think that they should have, uh, Martina should have done better for the um, the free kick? Yeah, I mean, I don't know what he was doing with his hands. <laughs> he just didn't put them out. Yeah, it's like, he, he's gone from being... I'm not I think it's one of them as well with Villa is that when you're losing, you, everyone's confidence is just yeah. shot, isn't it? It's almost like they need a, a, a result to go their way and then maybe that will just breed a bit of confidence in, into the squad again. 
they're on their knees, aren't they? Losing too much in the last couple of games. Uh, I think they'd actually gone like four games unbeaten or something like that, not too long ago. Uh, to be fair though, I agree with you as well. I think they're not winning enough. No, I agree. With, I agree with you. I, I personally think that with with Aston Villa is like you say for a large portions of that of that game against Chelsea, they're probably a better side, um, and I think that's that in itself may be enough just to keep Gerard in the job for a little while because they're seeing that there is um, there is something to be excited about, and once they start converting some of these chances, maybe the tide will turn for them. But they're just in a bad run. But I think it, there's a lot of rumours going around that Pochettino is being eyed up by the uh, the Aston Villa owners as a potential replacement. Do you think he touched it? Sorry, I think Poch would touch that. I think any excuse to get back like in the Premier it? League. Yeah, yeah, I think he would. I think he would. I it's, um, it's a way back in, isn't it? It's a way back into the Premier League, and and that's where the money is, and that's where that's where he would get you know, money. Yeah, touching touching on to Chelsea, Sam. I know that obviously London rival um, since Potter's come in, I think they've gone unbeaten. I think they've gone unbeaten since he's come in. I yeah. think it's four wins and a, and a draw, or, or it might be three wins and two draws. But um, a lot of people question whether Potter had the minerals to to take a big club and, and to and to do it. But so far. So good. What would you make of Chelsea since since Potter's gone in there? They look organised. I'll give them that. You know, um, going forward, Chelsea have always been a threat, haven't they? You know, they they they've always capable of scoring the goals. But he's got them. He's got them drilled. You know, and I, uh, yeah, I was wrong. I I was hoping for them to fall off the face of the earth. You know, have a bad time under him and stuff like that. But again, there's a manager there, isn't there? You know, the the shouts for the um the England job for him maybe will prove him right. There is a manager there. I don't think he's been given enough respect since doing that job at Brighton to coming into Chelsea. So I like it. I like what I see. Obviously, it kills me to say that they're, 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 they're going to be threatening in and around for all of us at the moment. But yeah, he's turned it around. So we've got to watch out for them. Lee, what, what, what do you make of Chelsea's rev- mini revival under Potter? Do, do you see them as clawing their way back into any sort of title conversation? Or again, do you see them sort of in and around the sort of top four with sort of Spurs? Yeah, I still think it'd be with Spurs around top four. Uh, I think it's too early to say how good of a job he's doing. You know, he's still his Champions League form hasn't been brilliant. He still drew against a terrible team in his first game. Um, yeah, I think it's yeah they haven't he hasn't had that big test against a big club yet. I don't think so. It'd be interesting to see how he does against the big six teams. Um, that's when the, that's when his his real credentials will be made. I think. Um, yeah, he's, he's not really done too much wrong. So, series yeah, no. out. Yeah, I agree. I think we still need to give it. Give, like you say, when he comes up against the, the rest of the top six, I think that's when we'll judge. We'll judge Chelsea. I think most people would have had Chelsea to, to win that one at the weekend, and 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 they did comfortably in the end. Um, moving on to to another team that are kind of going a bit under the radar, and I feel like no one's really talking about either team at the minute oddly which is um newcastle and united both teams kind of just plodding along they're not really putting up trees but they're not getting heavy defeats they're picking up points along the way sam where, what, what do you make of ten Hag so far obviously he got a result against liverpool he's got a result against arsenal um but then since then he's, he's kind of not, i wouldn't say he's struggled but it's been a it's been quite a, a slog for them to pick up any points especially at home how do you think that project is going that's that's where they seem to be fa- uh, falling off at the moment. Um, is their their home for you know United should always be beating Newcastle at home. I'm sorry, but I like I like what um, Eddie Howe's doing there at Newcastle. I like I like the Newcastle fit, let's say at the moment. But again, you know, if you're putting it down to um, the quality on the pitch and the experience of the managers, then I think that's 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 points lost there completely. I like I like. Um, I like a lot of um, what I'm seeing there from Ten Hag. He, you know, dropping Maguire. You know that that seems to be a thing there. With a couple of a couple of games ago, uh, it seems to have sparked him on a bit. You know, again, you no, know, the Ronaldo's now gone quiet. He's getting on with it. So, yeah, I, I, can I see them pushing that top four bracket? Personally, no, but. You never know, you know, they're, they're, they're getting the results against the big boys at the moment. And I'm not classing Arsenal as a big boy as such, but you've got to look at form. And yeah, you know, they're, they're going to be there, you know. Lee, what, what do you make? I think, I mean, I didn't see the, um, there was a there was a huge penalty shout for Newcastle in that game. I don't know if you saw it. What, what do you make of Newcastle and what, where do you think the best is for them? Obviously sitting in the top six at the minute, um, 
But do, you, do you see them being able to maintain that sixth position? And, and what did you make of the of the penalty shout if you saw it? Um, I didn't see it, to be fair. Um, yeah, I think I've been pretty vocal about my support of Newcastle at the moment. Um, you like them, didn't you? I'll give you that. Sort of month or so. Yeah, yeah. Um, since Eddie Howe's come in, I really like them. They're entertaining to watch. They're very attacking. Even with similar players, even when he has to use his um, the players that the previous gaffer had, um, he seems to be doing better with them, like Almiron and Joel Linton and people like that. And they seem to be putting in performances. Um, so I don't think I think they'll be happy with a nil nil draw at United. Uh, happier than United are, anyway. Um, and yeah, I still think they they should have ambitions for seventh and sixth place in the league. I think they'll probably recruit pretty well in in January. Um, I def- definitely think they'll be looking to maybe sign more players towards the attacking side. Especially Do you like how they've done it as well, touching on their recruitment boys. Do you think yeah. they're in the right manner? Yeah, they seem to be buying where they need, um, which is the right way, which is the right way to go. So I think we spoke about it the other week, and I think we we had all said that yeah. we was all expecting more possibly like the the influx of like the big name signings just coming in, signing whoever they need to to boost their commercial side, but actually. They've gone about it in quite a, a, a reasonable way in terms of, like Lee said, they're not buying beyond their means. They're buying for here and now with a view to being able to attract them top players in a, mm. in a, in a few, in a, maybe a few years' time. And I think I agree with Lee. There's going to be, I think, January, they'll they'll recruit maybe one or two again, maybe let one or two of the fringe players go. Um, and I think they'll just do it steady, slowly and steadily. But, yeah, I agree with Lee. I think a nil-nil draw away at United for Newcastle, they're not going to turn their nose up for that. Um They've got draws against both Manchester clubs now, so you know yeah. that's that's two 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 points which most seasons they would lose. Um, so you know if they can keep picking up results against the other clubs outside of them, like seventh downwards, outside the big six, then there's no reason why they can't push further forward. No, I, I totally agree, mate. And, and moving on to another team who I think we all expected to sort of be in where Newcastle are this season is West Ham. Um, obviously, had an indifferent start to the season. Declan Rice keeps proving me wrong because he keeps fucking scoring. <laughs> but um, Sam, I'll come, to, I'll come to you. Obviously, touching on West Ham, a draw away at Southampton, not a bad result, but probably not a great result given where they sit in the table. What, what, what do you make of West Ham this season? Do you like what you're seeing? Do you think they're getting back to where they were last season or, or do you think they, they were just punching well above their weight last season and they're back to where possibly most people probably feel that they sort of belong? Realistically, yeah the latter of the two that I feel like we're now seeing you know the true colours of them of where their class kind of lies I like West Ham you know I like I like their fans I like I like their history I like, I like what they're about but you know they can't keep relying on Deckers to pull them out or something like that or you know or Samaka that um when he gets going again like they, he's, there's just not enough there across the board for them that I can see them actually doing anything again like they did last year but you know I mean Southampton Poor side at the moment, mate. I think personally, I don't think they're any anything like Southampton's of old. I don't think that they're they're anywhere near as good as they have been, have they? No, and I was just going to come to Lee on Southampton. Do you think that obviously they've been surviving by sort of I wouldn't say the skin of their teeth every season, but they've been you know in the conversation for large parts of, of probably the last two or three seasons. Do do you see with this new philosophy of buying all these youngsters that they're going to keep themselves up this year? Do you think that they're going to be one of them teams that might get dragged into it or, or do you see them being another sort of middle of the bottom half type sort of table? Um, I don't think I'd agree that they've always been in a conversation. I don't think they've been in a relegation fight or anything in recent times. And I, just, I think Southampton have this way of, I feel like they've had this way for a while of trying to get their youngsters through and stuff like that, um, going a bit under the radar. It's, it's kind of the Southampton way. There is a part of me that feels this season they might get their comeuppance a little bit. Um, so, I mean, I don't think they can be too disheartened. I think West Ham would be more upset at the draw than Southampton. Mm. Um, yeah, no. Um, what, what do you make of, obviously... I do, I do think they'll still stay up, though. I, I, no, I, I, I actually think they've got a good manager. Um, yeah, I, I do as well. Yeah. I know that he's taken some sticks for getting a couple of 9 nil drummings, but I actually do quite like Ralph Hasenhuter. I, I, I think he's... I think given um, a decent amount of money to spend and a, de- and a better squad, I think he would do he would do a much better job. And I think actually 
you've got to look at it and with with the resources that he's got and to keep them in the Premier League over the last sort of three or four seasons, I think he's actually doing an all right job to be fair to him. And um, but I do just feel that a lot of clubs sort of down that end of the table do they do get trigger happy. And if results, you know, you can go on a run of two, maybe two, three, four defeats, and then all of a sudden the the firing squad start coming out because they're worried about their, their safety. Um, what do we make a while as well? What do we make of Declan Rice? Because every player at the minute that I seem to that I seem to have an opinion on, he goes, <laughs> he goes and proves me wrong. What, what do you make of Declan Rice? Are we now seeing Declan Rice becoming the the sort of end box to box midfielder that that we all kind of are being told he is? And I think this has been my sort of biggest criticism of of Rice was, is being that when I think of box to box midfielders, I think of you know your Gerrard, your Lampard, your De Bruyne's these type of players. Are we now seeing him? slowly starting to evolve away from this holding midfield player into more somebody who can now add goals to his games and assists and actually affect games in the way that a De Bruyne does or or, or we expect it am I expecting too much of him Sam I don't know I, may, I, may, I think maybe you are expecting a bit too much of him you know he's in a he's in a side of a far less quality of you know Gerard the Lampard and all that lot but again you know he's, he's a young man he's, he's he's I feel he's a natural leader I think you know He's on that progression ladder to overstepping his, you know, his um, his presence at a club of West Ham. He needs to be, you know, triggering um, the top end echelons of of the of the of the league. But I don't know. I mean, I like him. I don't think he's at that level that some West Ham fans will talk about. I don't think he's, you know, he's elite. I mean, but again, you know, I, would I would I have him at Arsenal, mate, in a heartbeat? You know. Lee, Lee, where do you stand on Declan Rice? I know that you 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 quite are quite a big fan of his. Do you do you feel that he's starting to shake this shackle of being a holding midfielder and becoming more of a box to box, or, or do you still see him as someone more who, who's more of a holding midfielder rather than a than a goal getter and a, and, a, and influencing games in that way? Where do you see it? Um, yeah, I still see him as more of a defensive midfielder and can obviously fill in a centre back sometimes. Um, that's just the way he's built. Like he's not he's not. I wouldn't say he's a He's a technical player. Like he hasn't got a wand of a right peg, or he's not—he's not an attacking player. He's an—he's like an athlete. He's dogged. He's gritty. He's a leader. Um, he's a new breed of. He, he intercepts play. He tackles. You know, he's—he can dominate games in that way. Um, he can sort of is—is—is he's, he's there to be inside like the engine room as such. He's not—he's not going to be the one who's going to make the difference kind of thing, but he will help your team. Um, and I, I do rate him very highly. Um, you know, he's still young, he's still very young. Um, for a midfielder, you know, midfielders don't peak to their, I don't know, 26, 27, 28. So he's still got a while to his peak. And I think he's a very, I think he's an excellent Premier League player. Um, and I, I, I don't know why none of the top six wouldn't take a punt on him. I think, I think the reason for him not having a move is just the, the price that West Ham, yeah. Yeah. Do you do you think now, obviously, we're seeing a lot of players over the course of the weekend, Jota, for example, um, we've seen a number of players now that are lo- missing out on the World Cup. Is there a worry that if Declan Rice was to get injured and he, and he wasn't going to the World Cup for England, do you worry that there is a replacement for him in the squad or is that something that we need to be hoping and praying that Declan Rice is not injured? I mean, look at the alternatives. It's not great, is it? Uh, Calvin Phillips doesn't get a minute at City. Um, Where do you stand on that, though, boys? Do you genuinely think that Southgate will? Because he hasn't. Has he featured much in the friendlies? I think he'll. I, I think. I think Phillips, if he's fit, he'll go. But I don't think he'll necessarily be starting like he was in the last. I think, I think Bellingham will start with Rice. But if Rice, yeah. if you did say like, imagine Rice got injured, who would you play? I don't know. Henderson, uh, mm. Ward Prowse. It's it's. There's not a there's not a plethora of, of talent there. No, so. no, I agree. I, I think that is the worry seeing seeing him sort of step up like he has done in the last few weeks, especially for West Ham, and and he he tends to play every game, including Europa League games. And I am just getting slightly worried now that with the news of some of the players that are dropping like flies at the minute, that if we was to lose Declan Rice, I think England would would be severely hurt by that because like you say we haven't got a huge talent pool in the centre of the park so that'd be interesting but moving on to Super Sunday and the two big games of the weekends the ones that everyone was was anticipating we'll start with with Sam and his beloved Arsenal 
What did you make of it? Did Arsenal get out of jail or is are Arsenal proving to everybody that this is what we can expect from them, that they're going to be able to do this where they don't particularly play well, but they still grind out the results? How did you see how did you see it? I think there's two ways you can look at that. One, the main one is how the hell did we get away with that, you know, realistically. But then again, you know, we've seen that, we've seen that for years with the likes of your cities and yourselves, you know, where where you, you don't play well and you get the result. I've got a couple of issues with how we how we actually played the game, you know. Um, Gabriel was lucky that he wasn't sent off, let's be honest. I think that's a blatant kick out. He's got that in him. I don't like seeing that from him, you know. He's the bozo of the group at the moment, you know. He's he's the one that people seem to get at. Um, and if you, if you, but then again, if you take him out, you know, you move White into that middle. Does it muck about with the team and like how how well they've been doing together as a group? I don't know. I think Bamford coming on for them changed the game. I think Bamford was a bright light. You know, again, talking about maybe an England call up or something like that for the squad, someone to have there and around. Don't think he's good enough to be, you know, first, second, or third, maybe, but. You never know. It's an option, you know. They don't seem to get enough games out of him. So, uh, very lucky. Very, very, very lucky. Obviously, buzzing that we won. And, yeah, we're going clear at the top. So, it's a lifestyle now. Lee, <laughs> <laughs> Lee what, what did you what did you make of, of the Arsenal game? Do you, do you, and, and also, just touching on, on the... on Obviously, I was watching the, uh, the, uh, the build-up to Liverpool game and I saw it come through that Gabriel had been sent off. There was a penalty awarded to Leeds in the 90-whatever-minute it was. I'm sure you've seen it back. What was your take on on Arsenal's performance and also the red the penalty and red card and then the overturning of it? What, what how did you see it? Um, it seemed like the right decision to me. I think um, you don't think that's a kick out. So I think I would need to watch it again. To be honest, I was I was in the pub at the time. Obviously, they had the Villa game on before the Liverpool one, so I didn't really see it see it that well. But I think I think Bamford goes down very. Theatrical, theatrical. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, all I say is like fair play to Arsenal because they are, they're nowhere near their best and they've they've won they've won against Leeds. Leeds are a very tough team to play at the moment. Jesse Marsh has got them fighting a bit like Bielsa used to when they first come up. Mm-hmm. Um, they're they're not they're not an easy team to play. I would say, especially well, you, especially at Ellen Road as well. Um, what do you make, what do you make of Jesse Marsh? Because I think he I think when he came in there was this perception that American coaches are not all that great. They they tend to struggle, but actually uh, listening to him talk and the way and how passionate he is, I actually really quite like him. I think he, yeah, he plays a, a decent like brand him. of football. I think he's got, <laughs> he's, he, he understands he understands what it means to play for Leeds and, and play at Ellen Road, and he's trying to make Ellen Road that fortress that it used to be back in the early 2000s where, let's face it, none of the top teams enjoyed going to play Leeds away when they had the likes of Harry Kuehl and Paducah and Alan Smith and all these type of players. What do, you, what do you make of him, Sam? Do you think he's doing a good job or do you think he's just riding the wave of sort of the emotional ride at this, that most managers get when they, they sort of get through the door? But if, if the results continue, it might start to, to turn on him. How, how do you see Jesse Marsh? Yeah, the same, the same of how you just put that there towards the end. You know, I think yeah, he's, obviously he's he's done well. He didn't do great though, did he? Towards the end of last year, from from what I can remember, I didn't think he instantly improved them like with a you know a swish of his wand or whatever. But yeah, I mean, they it's clear to see that you know that they're, they're missing Rafinha. They haven't got that outlet anymore, have they? They haven't got that person that goes through the. I know they like that Harrison. I like Harrison, but I got Aronson as well. He looks like a good young player. Yeah, but again, you know, age bracket and stuff like that. How can they rely? You know, how long can they they, they rely on these sort of players? There's not much. Well, around Rodrigo that. before he got injured was doing bits. Uh, yeah, but again, how long they've been waiting for that to start ticking? Yeah, you know, flipping out. But I just, I, I like Leeds. I like what they're about. But I don't, I don't think they're this this organised outfit that everyone's going on about. Yes, they put us under pressure. They, they weren't hard. You know, we couldn't do anything in that second half. Um, I don't know, mate. Maybe I'm being a bit harsh. As an as an Arsenal fan, I've spoke to a lot, and they refuse to they refuse to talk about being in, in a title title race or a title conversation. Given the result that we'll touch on in a minute, are you as Arsenal fans finally going to admit that you're in the, you're in the race for the title, or are you still going to pretend that you're not? We're not in a title race, mate. <laughs> you know, this is just. Uh... <sighs> I, I'm not one of these fans, you know, and I don't know if you boys will will have a, a view on it. I'm not going to change the goalposts the way the season's going, you know. Our main aim was to get top four this season. 
yes, we're doing exceptionally well at this moment in time. Obviously, a lot of teams have started slower, so we're looking a lot better than the majority of the teams at the moment in time. But if we were to fall off completely, still get fourth or third, you know, I'll be happy with that. You know, I just won't, you know, ask me, ask me towards, you know, the end of next month and um, after the World Cup, if we're still in conversations with, say, what, a game, game over City or something like that. And then we go to theirs or something like that. Um, but I don't know. I mean, yeah, OK, we're in, com we're in conversations. So that just shows how well we must be doing for people to start actually putting us in that bracket. But again, we're, we're an injury away from Jesus, an injury away from Xhaka, an injury away from Partey to being in the crisis again. You know, you've got to remember, Jesus gets injured. We've got Nketiah up front. The geezer scored four league goals. He's, that's his, that's his all-time ever record, you know, in a season. So, and that was towards the end of last year. That was only because we couldn't play a Bamiyang. You know, I don't feel like we are a finished article. We need it's clear to see we need another midfielder. Maybe you know Tillemans in January or something like that. I'd love that. You know, there might be a negotiation there, especially if they're doing so badly. But yeah, you know, I'm enjoying it, man. I don't want to jinx it. It's going well. Lately, just touching on lastly on Arsenal, where have you been surprised by how they've kept this run going? I know the early form sometimes can can be a bit deceiving, but we're 10 games in now. Like you say, 10 games in generally tells you sort of roughly where or whereabouts you're going to finish. Are you believing that Arsenal could be in the in a title conversation or do you still see it the way that Sam sort of sees it at top four, still the aim? Um I think as long as you're up there, you've got to, you've got to put yourself in the conversation until proven otherwise. Um, most of the time, the way I personally look at football, you take it game by game, and if you're a top of the league, you've got to, you've got to take each game as the next game. And if you're top of the league, when that game's coming round, you're in the title race, regardless of what stage of the season it's at. Um, I thought maybe when the start of the season, if you look at their fixtures, maybe they might have had three or four points less than they've got now. Um, but you know they've beat most of the teams I'd say they're expected to beat except for maybe Liverpool um, the only thing they haven't done is they've, they've beat teams consistently whereas maybe in past years they might have slipped up against like the Leeds game for example mm. um, so they're doing against the teams I'd say lesser teams than them um, they're, they're getting the wins that they should be getting um, and you know I think over the last sort of year and a half, I think. Well, actually, I would say sort of since our sort of like the second quarter of last year when Arteta started playing the young players, you could actually see Arsenal making a lot of progression. So I don't think there's a massive surprise that they're that they're um, they're up there after ten games, first ten games of the season. To be honest, yeah, but do you no. especially when you've got the other teams who are usually up there fading, like Liverpool, uh, like United, who started the season terribly. Um, you know, City have now lost a game. Um, Tottenham's Tottenham. Um, Chelsea have lost a couple. So you know, why why would they not be up there? No, I agree. I think I think the Arsenal fans, as I said before, they should enjoy enjoy winning football matches. You know, they've had a torrid time over the last few seasons where you know they've been scrimping and scraping for top four, and now you're well and truly in that conversation. So I think they should enjoy it, but just don't Imagine enjoy if we it. We won it, boys. Just don't enjoy it too. Just don't enjoy it too much. Well, listen, we'll move on to the big, the big clash that will happen on Sunday afternoon. I'm sure Lee is itching to give us his verdict on on Liverpool versus Manchester City. This is a game that everyone told us we couldn't win. Everyone told us that we were going to get slapped four or five nil. Everyone told us Liverpool were finished. Lee, talk to me. How in, how impressed were you with the victory over over Man City? And should we? be saying Liverpool are back or do we have to just accept that this is a one game thing and we need to we need to keep our feet on the ground how did you see it oh do you know I just love getting carried away with wins like this so we are back <laughs> um no I don't know it's a hard one because we've still got so many injuries and stuff like after Jota but um yeah just a weekend's game I think for the last couple of seasons I think uh Liverpool versus Man City has been the best fixture in the league just for the quality on display and just like Sunday's game was just pure fucking chaos, absolute chaos. There was proper bit of bite into it. Whether that, whether City's claim of it all coming from Klopp's comments on Friday about their spending has sparked that, I, I don't really believe that. I think there's just a genuine rivalry there now, based on how the last couple of seasons has gone. 
Um, yeah, some of the flying challenges, fucking brilliant. Obviously, Klopp sending off. Um, Van Dyke and Gomez were unbelievable. Van Dyke's been written off all season, and he's just he was phenomenal. Uh, it was nice to see Liverpool sort of abandon the higher line for a game, um, and it obviously worked an absolute treat. Um, James Milner, I mean, I was included, and when I heard he was starting right back, I, my worst fears. I was thinking this is going to be four or five nil here. Um, he was fantastic. Again, that was helped by the sort of the lower block from the defensive line. Um, yeah, I can't really fault any of the Liverpool players. I thought they're fantastic. And Mo Salah, um, that's the best I've seen him play in a long time. Um, absolute class goal. He was a threat all day. His work rate was fantastic. Still proving that he's absolutely world class. Um <laughs> Yeah, loved it. Absolutely. Even if the game finished nil-nil, I think I would have enjoyed that. It was it was just great fun to watch. Even Nunes coming on was just the most chaotic substitute performance I've ever seen. Like he just he looked like as you minute by minute as you're watching him, he looked like he was learning how to be a footballer. Like he was going this mad run down the left channel or wherever in the pitch and then completely fuck up a pass. Um it was just it was it was chaos. It was great. I loved it, and it's to, to just be that one team City can't seem to beat once again this year. Um, yeah, loved it. Sam, talk to me from from a City perspective. Obviously, everyone was telling us that that Liverpool were in for a, for a good idea, and everyone was expecting Harlan to um, to run wild. I don't want to say they didn't turn up because obviously they, they they did turn up and they did make it a very hard game. But are you con- is there any concern that City might crumble in these in these big games with big um, atmospheres now? And, I th- and have Liverpool given other teams the blueprint on how to make it hard for City to play football? Maybe potentially. You know, I just think you just got to take credit on how well that you guys played there. I think I think you were fantastic. I don't like giving you a lot of credit, you know I don't, but I think that you were brilliant, you know. If anyone wants to see how to keep Hallam quiet, bar that, you know, that left-footed chance he had, he's done nothing, did he? Let's be honest. You you done well. You Salah Salah should have scored the first attempt, didn't he? Let's be it's real. It's a great save, though. It's a great save. Great though, save, it? but you back him all day to get that. And then obviously yeah. the second chance he was given was proven that he, he knew what to do that time, you know, he lifted it. But yeah, man, I I love I love watching you two go at it, you know. Even from when it's a friendly in the charity shield, as they say, to, to this, I love it. I think it's 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 such a great advert for the league. I mean, obviously, I gave you a lot of banter beforehand, saying you know I think you're going to lose, and obviously, I, well, I, as an Arsenal fan, I probably wanted you to win this, but I just I didn't I didn't see you winning it. You know, bad form, but come out with that. You know, touch. I don't know if you're going to touch on the Klopp incident at, towards the end. Yeah, so I, I yeah, want to. Um, I just wanted to say about your comment actually there, Dale about City crumbling under atmospheres. I think you might actually have a bit of a point there. It'd be quite an interesting one to see this year. Because if I think if you think back to like um we say about how happy Arsenal fans are nowadays, like there's actually a genuinely really good atmosphere at the Emirates. I never Mm. thought I'd see it. I never thought I'd say it like a couple of years ago. I mean everyone used to call it a library, but now it's actually like a really loud, like passionate Mm. atmosphere. And it's probably quite similar to Anfield on a massive day. Um so like it'd be interesting when City come there. Because last, I think we saw it last season. Arsenal were well, they were winning, weren't they? Until we were the better team, weren't we? Yeah, so you the team, team. Then, you the then you got the red card, which like killed it for you. So yeah. um, I'm intrigued to see how City get on this season because I, I do think there could be a bit of a, a soft spot there for them. Do you, do you know what the biggest thing that I took just before we touch on the incidents that happened with with the with City? I, I look at City this season, and I actually do think that they're they're weaker. Than they were last season in terms of their squad depth. I know we can talk about Haaland and what he brings and, and the goals that he's scored. But if you look at what City have actually done on the other end, they've conceded a lot of goals this season yeah. to teams that you probably wouldn't expect them to. But also, Pep didn't make a change on Sunday. And he also changed the system to, to play Liverpool, where he put the, uh, the Bruyne out wide. He tried to double up on Robertson with Cancelo and it, and it, and it backfired again. And he seems to, Pep seems to, Always, when he comes up against Klopp, he seems to—I don't know—he seems to change what he what he's done all season. And I listened to some of the Man City fans ringing up um, Talk Sport after the game, and they were all saying the same thing that Gundogan and, and Rodri in midfield just was a no-no. De Bruyne taking him away from what's been working with him and Haaland, that link-up play, putting him out wide, and he was he was kind of isolated. You didn't see him getting into them dangerous positions. 
But I do actually think their squad depth with the likes of um, selling Jesus and selling Sterling, they didn't seem to have an answer to going one nil down. Did, how did you did you guys see it that way, or do you still think that they're they're, they're as strong as last season? I, I personally don't think they're actually as strong a side as, as last season. I've never looked at it like that, to be honest with you. You know, I think because they've been blowing teams away all year, or from, from, from the back tail end of last season to even now. You know, I've never. But then, I just I, I just think that you've got their number. You know, I think Klopp's always had it, had his number. I mean, it's a different discussion. You know how we've been back and forth in the group chat about who's the better manager. Putting that aside. Klopp's his bogeyman, isn't it? Like, let's be real. I won't, I won't hide away from that fact. Klopp knows how to rattle him, get under his skin, and make them work against a, a high press of a city team. It just works perfectly for you. But I mean, I just, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how Lee sees it. With you know, going forward, is that enough to to, to spur you on against them? I, I think, I think my the, the point I'm probably trying to make here, Lee, is is that obviously we've seen Haaland and De Bruyne be the main the main source of goals for, for Manchester City this season. You know, that, that ball from De Bruyne. And he almost put one on a plate for Haaland. It was a header straight down Alisson's throat. But if you nullify De Bruyne like Liverpool did and Haaland's not at it, where, how do they change it? Because to me, it looked like he was really unwilling to throw the young lad on Alvarez. And it didn't seem like... It, it, it almost seems to me that if you, if you do stop Haaland scoring you stop Manchester City potentially winning games because I couldn't I couldn't actually see where they was going to get a goal from after we went one nil up. I don't know how you how you sort of saw it. Um no I, I did feel like they were a threat throughout the game to be honest. I was sort of like my my arsehole was going. Oh yeah no mine was as well <laughs> <laughs> um I just think we I think Liverpool were just fortunate that you know I know we've had, there's been many discussions about how good Van Dyke actually is, um, about whether he's the best centre back in the world. Um, he was just, he was just on his, he had one of his probably best performances he's ever had. Um, I think Liverpool were very fortunate that the defence was absolutely phenomenal. Um, you know, on another day, I think City could have had a couple of goals there. I don't, if, just, I just, just touching on the defence. Just, just touching on the defence before we talk about the, the, the key instance of that game. We, England are struggling for a centre-half. And where does Joe Gomez fit into that conversation, Sam? Do you do you see a world in which Joe Gomez could be, I wouldn't say starting for England, but part of that of that squad? Is he better than Conor Cody, Harry Maguire, John Stones? Is he is he better than them or is he... Is he not? I mean, I, I, I want to either... I think he is, but I want to see what, what a non-Liverpool fan thinks would you be against Joe Gomez if he was to con- to continue this form between now and the World Cup and he and he was in that squad for England would you be against that or do you still would you think that that's it's too late for him now no not at all it's definitely not too late for him I think he's 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 levels above all the players you just mentioned I don't understand why he gets disrespected in that manner he's been reliable for you ever since he's been there pretty much you know he's always stepped in you know behind a Matip or something like that which is you know I think Matip's a great player for you lot but uh, he's he you know um, Gomez will always give you an eight at least an eight, an eight out of ten every every game. I like him. I think he should be given that chance to to prove himself on 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 that international stage. I don't know why he's he's not looked at like that. I don't know why he's why he's never given that opportunity. I've never really thought about it in depth to be honest with you. And now now you're saying that you know I just thought that um, he was just he, he was never opted in to, to to come play for us or something. Lee, what, what, where do you stand on Gomez quickly, and then we'll we'll, we'll wrap up with the big incidents? Um, yeah, I actually disagree. Um, really, I think, to, I think he needs to show his performances on a more consistent basis. I think there's there's a lot of games where he has a, he will have a lapse in concentration and make a mistake, and he, he gets he gets quite lucky a lot. It doesn't always lead to a goal. Um, I know there was many conversations a couple of weeks ago where people were saying like never play Van Dyke and Gomez together ever again because we just seem to ship goals um, and there's reasons behind that and it's because there, there is lapses in concentration there. Obviously, he's come back into the team at right-back and had a few good performances there and now he's had one game at centre-back and he's, he's, had, he's had an absolute worldie. I think he's left it too late for this World Cup, personally. I think five games, you know, probably isn't enough when you consider the settled England squad around him, especially when players like Tamori aren't getting in who's been doing it consistently for over a season now um so i think i feel like he the only bit of luck he might get is because of obviously reese james and carl walker might not make it 
so he's an option there. Who do you, who but, do you think, though, touch on that quickly, boys, who do you think's ahead of him then at the moment? Um, Tamori, Ben White. Um, Tamori doesn't get a look in, though, let's be real. Ben White is another um, one which, you know, he could potentially... I think, I, think, I think they will. I think they will be ahead of him. Um, I don't think he's... I don't think Gomez has played enough yet. Not not played well enough consistently. Maybe if he pulls it out of the bag and has an absolutely stunning next five games, who knows? Who knows? But in that's again, that's only that would only be six, six, seven good games he's had in the last yeah in the last year. So where do you, where do you stand on that, Dale? It'll be interesting to see what you think. Uh, I'm kind of, I'm kind of in the league camp that I think that. He's, he's, he's suffered with so many injuries, but let's not forget him and Van Dyke were the centre back partnership that won us the league title a couple of years exactly. ago. So we can't overlook him. I, I do think that he's he's got all the attributes to be a top defender. How old is he? 24, 25. Okay. I, I, I agree with Lee. I think it's too late for him for this one, even if he was to have five really good games, given the opposition that we're going to be playing. It's not a top draw opposition. I think you can get yourself up for one a one off game like a city at home. Um, but yeah, I was just interested to see what see what you guys thought. But listen, we need to touch on before Mo Salah's world class finish and turn. There was a goal for Manchester City that was ruled out, but, uh, controversially in some people's opinion. Um, Sam, what? I don't think there's there's too much controversy around the pullback. I think it's more that that people are saying that VAR, the referee, was letting a lot of challenges go on Sunday. And then all of a sudden he um, blows up for a for a foul or a tug in the build up to, to Man City's goal. As as a, as a neutral, how did you see it? Did do you think that was the right call for him to go back and look at that? And as an Arsenal fan, if that was against you, would you be would you be screaming for VAR to rule that one out, or do you think that Man City were hard done by? No, I've, I've, again, yeah, obviously you're never going to like a decision like that going against you. But in the rules of 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 of, of play, you know, I, I think that's that's the right decision. He's, you can definitely see him impeding him, pulling him down, which leads to them getting ahead a of the man to score the goal. So why not? Um, yeah, it's all it's all kicked off from that. I won't lie, and it's you know that gives it that added bite. But yeah, I think right call, definitely. Lee, where, where did you sit on the VAR decision? Do you think Liverpool got lucky, or do you think that it was a good referee? Yeah, it's a foul, um, and it wasn't even the only foul. Uh, they, it wouldn't even just been that, would it? It would have been kicking the ball out of Allison's hands after that so they could have ruled it out for two different things so i don't really see what they've got to moan about to be honest so, so so one of the arguments that the man city fans was talking about on the on, on the radio which i found quite bizarre and i just wanted to see what you two thought was that one of them said var was not introduced and i think a lot of the pundits were saying this as well mika richards was really wound me up after the game because he sat there and said that var was never there to to re-ref the game now i'd argue that's exactly what var has been brought in yeah, for so where are we going with VAR? Because listen, he, he he gives the he gives the tug on 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 um, Fabinho for the foul, but then he doesn't blow up for a Bernardo Silva RKO on on Mohamed Salah in the in the top end of the pitch. So, is it just the consistency? Do you think there would be this much um, sort of aggro if if he had given the foul on Salah, or just or just or do you just think it was because it led to a goal? It needed more attention. Got it. Oh, I thought he was asking you. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> no, I think um, I feel like it should kind of re-ref the game a little bit. Um, you know, referees and human eye can be very inconsistent, um, and that's what VAR is there for. You know, if there's an obvious mistake and it's led to something, then correct it. It's wrong. I think my argument on it as well was that look, he might have he might have seen. The, the, the pull but also you don't want to disrupt the game by blowing a free kick so maybe yeah. potentially Liverpool could have won the ball back straight after that and gone on an attack so I think he potentially was and I think they're told now to let the game flow because we have the option to go back and look at something in the build-up now so I think that that was partly to to to, to blame for him not giving the free kick because a lot of him is saying a lot of the Man City fans are saying well, if you don't give it in real time you shouldn't give it at all but I don't necessarily agree with that I think they're told now to to let the game flow because we've got the technology to come back and look at it. But like, and, and VAR did come out afterwards and say that if it wasn't given for the foul on Fabinho, it would have been given for, like Lee said, the kicking the ball out of the hands of uh, of, of Alisson anyway. So I, I, I do think that, I actually think the referee had a pretty good game, to be fair. I thought it was kind of a throwback to um, 
some of the old sort of games between like Arsenal and Man United that we used to see, you know, having that bite and I actually saw some tackles going in for a change, which I love to see all that. But obviously Jurgen Klopp's got himself in trouble. We'll finish up on, on Kloppy because I think he deserves it. But Sam, I'll come to you. He's obviously facing a touchline ban now, given his antics that happened at the weekend. Obviously, it was a high tense game. There was a lot of emotion. There was a lot of decisions, and he's got himself in trouble. What did you make of? What did you make of his? Uh, his, his, his <laughs> I love his, him. What did you make of it? I love him. I love that passion. You know, fair play. I mean, I think he's been hard done by in the sense of like, yeah, okay. I don't. We don't know what he said. I haven't. I haven't seen into what what was actually mentioned. You know. And his and his behaviour because there's previous with him and that and that third official isn't there or something like that so maybe they're they're, they're butt hurt on that but you know when when these rest when you feel like they get it wrong you fucking tell them you know it's a free world you're allowed to allowed to, allowed to be disgusted with how they're being but I mean yeah I think it's harsh you know the passion's high it's if you know if if Klopp does if um Pep does that you know do you think it's going to go that way I don't think so. That, that's what I was going to touch on, actually, Lee. What, what do you what do you make of, of of Klopp? Seems to get whenever he opens his mouth now, whether it's a press conference, whether it's uh, you know on the sideline, that people seem to think that Klopp gets special treatment by the FA and and the, and the you know the leaders of of the Premier League. Do you think that do you think he does get that a little bit of leeway when it comes to saying certain things, or do you just think it's being blown out of proportion? Because Man City fans have now come out and said that he he rivaled uh, you know riled up the the fan bases with his comments but the way i saw it was he was asked a question and he gave an answer but the context was taken out as if he'd come out and just come out and said it where, where do you stand on 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 is this just man city fans clutching at straws yeah i think they're clutching at straws a bit they're just a bit better in they saw losers um i think they've pretty much club has just kind of said what most people think i think we all I think most football fans, except for like the team, maybe the fans that support those clubs, would think, yeah, City, Newcastle, PSG, they can pretty much go around and buy whoever they want. Like we, I think pretty much ever. That's all we said, really. Mm-hmm. And I think pretty much every football fan will think the same. Yeah, it's just it's that's all. We said. And I think that's the thing. I think if we was in the position that City were in, we would we would be loving it as well. You know, if we was in the position that that Newcastle were in, and we could afford to, you know, the likes of we've been linked to like Mbappe and stuff. If we had the money yeah, to go I mean, and buy Mbappe, we'd said, be loving it. He said in his comments, like it's perfectly legal, it's fine. He's mm. just saying Liverpool can't do that. They're not in yeah. a position to do that. Not every team is. Um, I think Frank Lampard even came out today and actually agreed with him. And we know Lampard David David, Mo- David Moyes did as well. Yeah, David, I think I think David Moyes was supporting the sending off. Really, yeah. he was saying like, you know, he was he was kicking off at the linesman, but was he wrong? Yeah. No, <laughs> like, it was a face should have been a free kick. So, um, no, I agree. I agree. Listen, lads, it, 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 it was a it was a great game of football. It was a great weekend of football, to be fair, and it and it comes again because tomorrow night, um, it all it all starts again, and I think there's even some games tonight as well. So, we'll wrap up now. Obviously. Leave all your comments in it below. Um, don't forget to hit the like and subscribe buttons, guys. Get in contact with the lads on all the all the social media platforms. Um, and hope you enjoyed the show. Uh, we'll be back next Tuesday to have a look at the games that are happening this week. Um, and we'll go from there. Guys, thanks for coming on. Enjoy the rest of your week. And um, we'll catch up again soon. See Cheers, guys. See you later. Bye-bye. Do not scratch your eyes. You are really seeing the most extraordinary finish here.